Well, guys, this month's episode is titled Chill the F Out. Chill the F Out. Which, which is, is also a great way to start a fight. Yes. Yeah. But actually, the whole point of this podcast is to discuss how to fight. And really, we wanted to discuss how to fight, you know, properly, you know, according to experts, versus how we fight, actually. <laughs> Because let's be real, you know, we don't always fight super clean. Yeah, we've gotten better. Yeah. Which is, I think, we're going to focus on um, what we are doing better. Because there's no point in us trying to pretend like we've got things figured out that we don't have figured out yet. Right. Yeah. We don't really have anything actually truly figured out. We've got some things figured out. We've got yeah. some systems for stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're always learning, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, and truthfully, 2020 and 2021 now is proving to be... Um, you know, both challenging years for everyone, right? And stress is um, in abundance. <laughs> and it kind of specifically for us in um, starting this year out, we've had a few challenges, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Some nothing, hurdles. Nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, I would say something out of the ordinary, actually. Yeah. Like a ceiling collapsing. Yeah, like a ceiling collapsing. I mean, there's been other things, but I can't even remember right now. The ceiling kind of takes the cake. The ceiling takes the cake for sure. We, we, do you want to tell the story? Yeah. Uh, so, so I 2020, agree. everyone knows. 2020, right? yeah. We're rolling into 2021. Alexis finally got sick of my stuff being in the corner. So she said, you can have the studio. We turned it into, a, turned it into an office. And the story I like to tell myself was, I was doing so well freelancing that you're like, you need an office space. But really, it's you got sick of seeing my shit in the corner, which is where we're sitting now. <laughs> I had an office for a few months. I was getting into a groove. We actually, with us and me working from home, I think we're getting into a, a really good groove because I could say, hey, I'm going to go work and I could go shut the door. And there was like a nice like kind of like indicator to both of us anyway. Yeah. And I could be in the room like quietly with headphones on and like, yeah, we, yeah. we, we, we did. We were getting into a groove. We yeah. really were. Yeah. So fast forward, we have this office. I have an office. We have an office in the house. And you come in and you were looking at a project that I was finishing up, finishing up. And you said, please tell me that you dropped coffee this morning. And I said, no, why? And you're like, well, because it looks like there's coffee that's been spilled on the ceiling. This was 1145 at night, mind you. Right. February 6th. Okay. Right. Super windy, icy, snowy, rainy day. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. So I look up and I'm like, what the is that and it's a water stain okay it's like six inches by a half inch maybe yeah right yeah i felt it it felt um very soft and alexis it, it we both did this it's like a very i think common thing especially if you don't know how to fix things in a house or with a car you're like ah, that sounds fine it'll maybe go away so you're like ah the ceiling's fine i was like yeah it's okay what were we going to do? It was right? midnight. Yeah. The kids were asleep. Like, right. we're ready to go to bed. <laughs> we're like, fuck this. We'll deal with it in the morning. Which is, I thought would have been perfectly fine because we literally just noticed this stain. It did feel extra heavy. And I was like, I don't know if the ceiling was always like at, at that <laughs> angle. And then our pillow talk for the night was, <laughs> do we think the ceiling's going to collapse? And I was like, I hope it doesn't collapse on all my stuff. Like all the, like this gear and all this stuff. And you're like, if you think that's going to happen, you should go get your shit. I was like, nah, it's fine. Part of me honestly thought it was fine. I would say I would have bet the farm that night that it was going to be fine. Yeah. And then at 3 a.m., I think we both knew at 3 a.m. when 
um, my son, when the boy came running into the room. Screaming. Screaming. Dad, he, your office ceiling crashed to the ground. He said, the roof fell on all your stuff. The roof fell on all your stuff. We were like, oh my God. And I am not kidding you. The a, a whole like six feet by six feet, like just insulation, drywall, everything crashed down on the ground and on top of John's desk and equipment. We this was 3:40 in the morning. We were like, "What are we going to do?" Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, it was terrifying, and the story actually gets slightly more terrifying because we were thinking maybe it was like a roof leak and oh we had all this ice and rain and all this crazy stuff we're like oh my we call like a roofing company i make an insurance claim we have people come out they look in the attic they look at the roof they're like eh, it could be this it could be that it's not until that was thursday night and this is fr th friday morning and it's not until saturday morning we go to bed friday night like oh we're gonna get this figured out and like good thing we're safe and everything wake up saturday my dad comes over general contractor amazing dude takes a look in the attic and notices that there is a very important pipe that is disconnected the vent pipe is disconnected from the flue pipe which is the the one that's responsible yeah the one that's responsible for bringing carbon monoxide up and out of our home um so you know that was really scary because we have kids that sleep on that side of the house and they slept very well for a night <laughs> yeah no it I'm was joking yeah it's i think it's okay to make jokes everyone is alive and well even jackson the yorkie dog um the canary in the coal mine who my stepmom made a very funny joke calling him the canary in in the coal mine he is the smallest he probably would He's be the, the first smallest, to go. yeah in the family everyone is okay and we are very grateful um but the HVAC company is not taking responsibility and insurance is not either. And it's just this big, huge mess. And on top of every other little stress that, you know, we deal with in our daily lives. Yeah. And I think this actually segues really nicely into this episode because yeah. throughout the course of all these events, um, I was almost too calm at times. Like when I was talking to the insurance uh, adjuster the first time, I was like, it's not an emergency. And he's like, oh, well, I thought your ceiling collapsed. And I was like, well, it did. And uh, I said, Jonathan, please don't ever tell my fiance that I said this wasn't an emergency because she is going to look at me the way she is right now. <laughs> I'm actually very annoyed <laughs> that you said that to him. He got it. I knew I was just so in shock. I was like, we're, we're not hurt or dead or fine or anything. And then I explained to him that it was an emergency. And I, I very, very quickly realized mm. there's a difference between an emergency in the world of fixing a home and structural damage versus an, a, an emergency that you need to react to in a fight or flight kind of way. Funny that you bring up fight or flight because <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely something that we are going to address in this episode in how to fight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So with all of the stress and I know that, you know, the world has been dealing with, a life is hard anyway, right? Like life is, is hard. Mm -hmm. We've all experienced, you know, on top of other stress, an extra layer with this pandemic. And I think that 
from reading and talking to a lot of people like I do on a daily basis, like people are, are dealing with stress, a lot of stress, right? And I think that stress can leak toxically into relationships and affect them negatively. Like with a broken exhaust pipe on an HVAC? Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, name it. I mean, there's so many things, right? Yeah. And it's not always, a lot of times, I would say, it's not even from that relationship as you progress. I would say even in high school, when you start dating your first person, 13, 12, however old, however old you are, a lot of that stress and the triggers in that relationship have come from your life pre-relationship. Right. I agree. And I, I think like, you know, researching what experts say, like how to fight, they're giving all these tips and we're going to go over these. But I kept thinking kind of what you were just saying, John, that like actually managing your own stress is probably arguably the most important thing you can do to manage the stress in your relationship. Right. So when, when you look at what stress does to the body and then specifically chronic stress, um, you know, stressful situations cause like a cascade of stress hormones um, that will trigger like physiological changes. They also affect like your mental state, you know, your brain. And so when you are like consistently chronically stressed, that sympathetic nervous system becomes activated and it's like a gas pedal. And then it just keeps you on, on and, and heightened and, you know, ready to go at all times. That's that fight or flight response. And eventually, the, if it truly becomes chronic, like over a long period of time, you get cortisol that is released. And that just keeps the gas pedal like pressed down. And then you're like in a constant state of fight or flight. So as an individual, if you're in that state and you're bringing that into your relationship, think about like when you're like all kind of amped up, right? You're Me specifically? Or... <laughs> yeah, you specifically. All Anyone, any human, right? That is amped up, you're, you're sensitive, like highly sensitized, you're irritable, possibly like hostile even, and that is how you're communicating, you know, which isn't very well. It's not like clear communication, you're not making great decisions, you're, you're taking things very personally, you're like ready to go at any given moment, and that stress, I mean, can cause, you know, you know, I don't know, relationship problems, right? Yeah, personal problems, health problems. Yeah. I keep <clears throat> I keep thinking about Jack Dorsey talking about Twitter just because I've been listening to Jack Dorsey on Ritual's podcast and he's talking about <clears throat> the part of the podcast I was in today was talking about toxic communication mm -hmm. and how do you have healthy communication. And one of the big things was for conversation and communication that is not toxic there has to be shared information and what you're just describing to me i'm thinking about my own personal experience in life with stress and the way i've been conditioned to think and to receive information a lot of the way i've been trained to receive information is in a um or comes from a defensive state of mind where i'm always having to prove myself mm -hmm. and you kind of turn me on to that even like when we're sitting here talking and listening to you, I'm, I'm thinking, is this an attack on me in some way? And it's not. It's you sharing information with the yeah. people that listen to our podcast. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. very vulnerable of you to say. And yeah. I think that is like huge of you to recognize that. Yeah. It's like a huge first step, right? 
Yeah. So maybe yeah. lowering your defensiveness or whatever. Right. I noticing. think I've taken that step a while ago. Yeah. But just constantly being reminded of it. Yeah. Or remembering that is helpful. I wonder if your amygdala in your brain like is inflamed. If you're like in a, do you feel like you're in a kind of constant state of fight or flight like in your life? I've noticed when I'm you doing well, of, no. Yeah. Yeah. You've How have you felt what? over the last few weeks with all of this stuff happening? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I've said to people when everything is going on and it's crazy. I know I've said to people. I even said this to the life coach that I was working with that I, in some way, was really enjoying having so much chaos in our life. Mm-hmm. Because I was able to like help you in a real way. I was able to like set up phone calls. I was able to tell an adjuster that there was an emergency and then tell you about it now and have you look at me. But that's so sweet. There's for real though. I felt yeah. like I was like I can do things to help. I can. I'm. I'm being a man now. I'm being a human. I'm being an active member of this tribe. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's something that we'll get to um, in a little bit, but. There, in an article that I read on that describes how to fight, when one individual in the relationship is stressed and they bring it into the relationship, it oftentimes leaves the other person feeling helpless, mm-hmm. and then it creates this like whole negative kind of self-talk for that person, which then, as you might imagine, is not good for the relationship. Yeah. So it's kind of like what you were just saying, like if I've been stressed like because of work or whatever, and I'm bringing that in, and you feel like helpless, like you can't. You're not, you don't really know because you can't, you can't fix my stress. You know what I mean? This mind stress to deal with. Like I have to learn to manage it, you know, but it leaves you feeling helpless. And then, so like you liked the chaos because you liked being able to like actually physically do things that were, even though you do so much, yeah. you know what I mean? For our family and our life. So that's very interesting to hear you say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just in general, I've felt like I've becoming, um, more awakened to my power and more confident in that part of that is just the natural evolution of the journey that I am on. Mm -hmm. But uh, what you're just saying about your stress is your stress. And there is a certain level of that there. I think that that's mostly true. There's a certain level that's that, that is true, but there's also an aspect of a relationship where we talk about this a lot, like codependent versus interdependent. We are in an interdependent relationship, but you and I are both very codependent by nature. And yes, you have your stress and that's your stress, but I can also have what I believe is a winning way to look at a relationship. And it's just like radical, um, like ownership, like taking radical, like accountability, like every situation, like I, I take complete ownership and I'm like, all right, what can I do to make this better? And a lot of times if you're super stressed, I know that me reacting to your stress is going to create stress in my life. And then that's just going to compound the stress mm-hmm. from both of us. Yeah. And that the art of detaching from your stress, I haven't figured out yet. Yeah. I've, I've figured out that if I can be calm when you're stressed and I can kind of try to guide us back to being calm, if I can do that well, that works out. But not reacting to your stress is very hard. <laughs> it's so funny how reactionary, right? That's the whole thing. I'm working on not yeah. reacting. Yeah, and to that's my the codependent too. part of me too. It's I'm not the codependent, the uh, the defensive part of me. Oh yeah, that yeah. When you're you're stressed, I'm like, that's my fault. I'm like, how dare you? You know. Yeah, that's very interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think therapy will help you with that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say... Uh, no, but no, that's good, that's good down, that we're talking about this. Yeah, I wrote down only two notes. And one of them was calm as a form of manipulation. And I grew up in such a crazy, toxic environment. And everyone in my life was, was like kind of like intense growing up that I honestly thought that being calm was very manipulative. And part of that is, you know, my ego and thinking that I need to win fights, mm. which in, when you're in a relationship, there's no winning a fight, mm. like individually. Mm-hmm. Do you really believe that? 100%. Oh. That's good. Yeah, I get, like think of a sport. <laughs> you seem so competitive sometimes. Not with you. Not really? in, Yeah, not in any, any sense, not mm-hmm. whatsoever, seriously. If I come across that way, it's because I'm insecure or I've got whatever going on. Yeah, yeah. But I honestly, sincerely never feel competitive with you. Sometimes emotionally I do. I like. I sometimes, what about who makes better dinners? Oh, that's fine. I know I make better dinners. See, exactly. That's not a big deal. <laughs> I could name like twenty things right now, but whatever. Keep going. No, I Carry really. On. I don't want to compete with you for dinner. You're a great cook, and I'm a good cook. And you've only <laughs> made solver show you've right only now. ever made one dish that is completely reprehensible. And I loved that dish: chicken I, and rice casserole. I know, but there's no competition there in my mind. Honestly, I don't view you as. Uh, I don't view you as my competition at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really I'm gonna don't. leave this cup facing this way. Up, this For those way of out. you that are just listening, we have a trust me mug, and on the back end of the mug, opposite of our logo, it just says monogamy is hard, and Alexis is holding it up to the glam cam. The glam cam is the one that Alexis gets. I get the wide angle that distorts my face, and I'm half in the shadow. If you've never seen this before, but anyway, it's okay. It makes sense. Anyway, That's, let's let's I'm talk about the what the experts say when it comes to how to fight first before we talk about what the experts say is the right way to fight i am wearing this hat because john asked me to wear this hat and i agreed only because he said in so many words that i'm so cute and adorable in this hat that no matter what crass or cunty thing i say it will be overlooked so I decided to wear this hat for this episode. It's super cute. Just in case we actually start getting into a fight talking about how to fight and how not to fight. I figured maybe you'd overlook whatever I would say. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're gonna move on to what is recommended. There's like tons of advice on the internet. If, you, if anyone is like wondering, all you have to do is Google, which is all I did, okay? So <laughs> this is not fancy research by any means, but um i do think there and i agree with what a lot of the articles that i was reading that there are like formulas and healthy ways to fight and a lot of them discuss like nor a healthy couple is going to have disagreements right and in fact a lot of psychologists clinical psychologists will state that it's very worrisome to them like in therapy for example if a couple doesn't fight because that means the flame has like gone or maybe there wasn't a flame to begin with and if you don't have passion there's really not anything to save necessarily i guess it's kind of what i was reading so like it's okay to fight which gave me good that's cool right it's good news (laughs) we are super healthy (laughs) so but you know on the flip side of that you know there are definitely ways to fight in a toxic way we we uh we're very healthy we're like vegan ultra athlete well yeah i mean triathlon totally 
So as long as we're not fighting in an unhealthy way. So so I just I picked an article that was like just it's a time article written by a, like a few clinical psychologists uh, recently, like within the, within the last year. And the article is titled, this is the best way to fight with your partner, according to psychologists. So it sounded really official. And I decided to go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just go through this list and then we can kind of decide if, if we're healthy or not, actually. Um, number one is be curious about your fights. So I thought that was cool because to me, that was that's kind of like, hey, you don't have to react necessarily to the fact that you're being emotional. You can like actually kind of be in a gentle way, which is often recommended in therapy, recommended in therapy. Mm -hmm. be curious about yourself and about your fights. So like when you're calm, maybe we to sit back and take a step back and take a look at our, our argument and think, hmm, specifically, is there a pattern? Because it's found that oftentimes couples will have the same fight over and over without yeah. any solution. For us, I'm sure they're still there. But for us, a big one was you work Tuesdays, very long hours. Uh -huh. So it was like Tuesdays were a thing. Totally. It was like it was like clockwork. We knew there would be some. And, and then it almost like made you, I feel like, extra defensive. Yeah, I was like, don't say anything stupid. Yeah. But and yeah. that's the fight or flight thing that you, when you start to get stressed, you, you make and not you, but humans yeah. will do and say silly things. So it's like you were almost preemptively waiting for me to come home in like a fit of rage because I'd worked for 12 yeah. hours and with like, people all day. Yeah. And I like 10 30 night, be like, hey, just remember other women exist. I'd be like, yeah. I'm like, I know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, stupid shit. I, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. you're admitting that you said stupid shit? I know. I know I did. Never <laughs> intentionally. I would just be like, why you, am you're I? You're admitting right now that you said you would say stupid shit? No, I would never <laughs> say something. Not intentionally. Yeah. But I would be like, why am I? Why? Why can't I just be like, hey, I love you. Everything is good. Yeah. Yeah. I know I do that now for you yeah. a lot more. Yeah. We definitely have tackled. We've tackled that, haven't we? We've kind of tackled that Tuesday thing. 100%. Very yeah. easy peasy. We just yeah. kind of take it for granted now. Yeah. 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 A lot of it's like managing expectations too, mm -hmm. which is one of the unfortunate things about not having the office. Mm -hmm. It's like I have to figure out now, I have to, to re-figure out how to tell you that I want to go and work for 45 minutes and write or whatever it is at the end of the night, you know? Because yeah. the the office is now next to the bed. <laughs> In our bedroom. A lot of it's just f figuring it out and having that curiosity. And um, I was writing just a second ago and I wrote defying defensiveness. Den not defying, denying defensiveness. Because last night we were talking about a very heated subject that had to do with your daughter and your ex-husband and all these other like very like intense triggering. Intense In Intense. But for me, just from my perspective, we're triggering mm -hmm. because – for me, part of the battle seemed like I, I need you to understand that like I truly view your daughter as like my daughter mm -hmm. and I would 100% die for her in a second. Like mm -hmm. you you three people are the only thing that matter to me. So I've got that going on. Then I've got the ex-husband and all this like the, the, the layers of that that makes me feel defensive. And you were talking to me and I remember distinctly thinking – you have nothing to defend right now, John. 
just ask her about what she's saying. And I ask you a few things, and that led you to get down to another layer of what you were saying instead of me defending myself, which yeah, I would be curious. I know it's a lot of the time, and it's becoming, you know, it's diminishing over time. But I'm wondering how often am I actually reacting to something when I don't need to react to it at all. It's like I'm having an emotional response to something that you or someone else is saying. And I'm reacting to that emotion versus reacting to the actual words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Good. Curiosity, right? Yeah. And that's such a good word, I feel like, in therapy and just when you're starting self-reflection in general, to just be curious about yourself. Because we all have things, right, that no one's perfect. What is that? There's no – we don't even know how to define perfection. That's how unreal it is. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like everyone has something. So just be curious about what your things are. And I like that. I liked that. Be curious about your fights. Yeah. You know, I do feel like we um, have similar arguments sometimes. Um, in this particular article, these psychologists were referencing the 530 weekday fight, which is when one person comes home from work and maybe the other one then gets home from work or has been at home or whatever. And there's one of those people that wants to immediately start talking about their day. Like, blah, 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 blah. And the other person actually needs, like, 20 minutes of, like, decompression time. Mm -hmm. But then the person that wants to talk feels neglected. And you don't care about my day. And the other person is feeling overwhelmed. So, like, if you can figure out that that's a trigger by being curious about it, you can resolve it. And you can say, well, when we get home, let's just, like, give 30 minutes of just quiet time by ourselves or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we can come together and talk about our day. Asking for that is huge, too. You have to be able to say, if you're the overwhelmed person, you have to be able to say, and I'm proud of myself. I've been working on saying I'm proud of myself recently, so that's why I say it now. I'm a little afraid. That's I just cool. got scared to say that's I'm proud good. of myself. But I'm proud of myself for being able to tell you without being afraid of what you're going to say to me. And you don't react to this negatively, which is like that was just goes to attest that a lot of the times when you're like, you're afraid to do something and you build it up in your head. It's actually worse in your head than it is in real life because I've been able to say to you successfully, like in to our betterment, I've been able to say to you, I am, I can't even listen to what you're saying right now. I am so overwhelmed and I, I desperately want to solve this problem with you, especially like in regards to the thousand phone calls and all the, the overwhelming amount of information we've had to take in with the ceiling collapse I've been able to say to you, let's figure this out, but not this second, <laughs> uh, because I can't. I can't listen to it. I'm so overwhelmed. Yeah, that is actually number two oh. on this list. So which congratulations is, to you. To well, and to you. Yeah. yeah, I'm not actually very good at that, which is what I'm. A, I was. I'm about to discuss number two's recommendation on the list or whatever is schedule time for conflict. I mean, I frankly am horrible at that. I want to resolve everything like now. Yeah. Like I don't care what is going on. I want to figure it out. I'm going to get to the root of it like right now. <laughs> yeah. And that is not always like the case. Like you, yeah. sometimes you cannot figure anything out when you're emotional. Yeah. One, like yeah. you don't have a clear yeah. mind. So but you are much better at doing that than I am. And like that's something that I'm working on. Scheduling time for conflict doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I'm like, if we're fighting about something and we're like, well, actually tomorrow at, at um, 
I mean, looks like looks like we'll slot in 15 minutes for this argument. But I guess if you're really like capable of controlling your emotions and like being a logical person, that, that well, makes a lot sense. of stuff too is just <laughs> like don't, not me. Yeah, well, you're you're getting better at it, and you know, in regards to me being good at that or whatever, I've just recently been able to do that. Part of it was because I was like I was so apathetic to everything for a long time. I was able to just like shelve emotions, but then they build up deep down and they've come out in unhealthy ways, you know, periodically throughout my life, which is like a big, like big cycle mm-hmm. that I've been able, like I've, I've been trying to break, but with working the way that I have been lately and doing like long form videos and long form projects, I've been able to understand that like there's a lot of big things that happen in the world and you have to work in chunks. So that's the only reason I've been able to shelve our conversations and that's kind of like bled over into our relationship, I think, in some healthy ways. Do you know that on Mondays we have the Awareness Mondays scheduled? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Awareness Mondays. On Mondays, every Monday, it's a 15-minute talk where we basically going to be like, this is how you've been being a cunt this week or last week, and I would really like it if you just focused on this one thing. <laughs> What's my one thing, Ben? Your one thing. <laughs> it hasn't changed. It's been to assume um, positive intentions f- from me. Oh yeah, but my my I was saying what is my what is my one thing then? For me to be nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because something happens inevitably <laughs> Monday. Maybe that's another like, thing that's I'm happening. Just like, Monday arguments. Want you to be nice all the time. Yeah, and I want to be nice all the time too. Just... Do you? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, a lot of times, honestly, I'm very overwhelmed. With what's happening in your life, and I also want it's to solve. Fight or flight. I want it's to solve like, every We need to just meditate more seriously, because if we if we're in that fight or flight response, seriously, we our communication is shit. Yeah. And then it just creates like more stress and more chaos, you know. Yeah, for sure. It's like I just I think meditation is really really key. I really do. I want to do it more. Meditation. I think us also organizing our lives in the way that we have. Yeah. Like we woke up, so we we are we're gonna move. Yeah. Right. We're gonna move. We, yeah. I th- I don't know for sure. We're pretty sure we're gonna move. Yeah. So we were talking about moving in the morning, and the office is right next to the bed. So I got up and got in the office chair, swung around, and I was like, "Let's just look at numbers for the next five years." Sub like, what do you think that's doing subconsciously? Right. You and I are deciding um, in that moment we're gonna be together five years from now. Oh, I didn't really even think right. about that. Right. So let's organize our life building up for this next five years. <laughs> yeah. Right? So we subconsciously, dis- we uh, in that moment, uh-huh. th- in the chaos, we made, uh, we we basically proclaimed our um, commitment to one another. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah. How nice. All right. So go us. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> that was a high five. But we've had to work through this chaos and think... Thank all the gods and hail Satan that <laughs> it wasn't like cancer or something more serious. Or carbon monoxide poisoning. Or carbon monoxide poisoning. That, that literally could have happened. Literally it's not even happened. like we're not even pulling that out of our asses. That's like, that was yeah. like, that's like, yeah. we had to turn off our heat. The technician turned our heat off because of a safety health hazard. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally that. So like gratitude is huge in getting you through that stressful stuff. Yeah. And we and when practice stuff is, all that stuff over so, time. So. Yeah. It's hard to. Or I should say it's easy to it's easy to lose track of that. You do have to kind of remind yourself to come back to it, to gratitude. You know, you, re- you really do. And, and it's easy to do when 
family members could have died and they didn't. I think gratitude is, I mean, I found it pretty easy, pretty to, to find in this past few weeks. And, and my dad, like, coming to help and, like, it was just, and all these people, honestly, if anyone's listening that reached out, like, we, we've had a lot of people reach out and have been so sweet and supportive. Um, so so thank, thank you. you. Seriously, like, I feel, like, an immense amount of gratitude for that. So it's awesome, though, yeah. you know. We but, have, we have though, and you know, give credit, credit, you know, where credit is due. We could have just as easily been fighting about this nonstop and not got anything done. But we've laid out lists, we've delegated tasks, and we haven't done it with all of the grace in the world. <laughs> but we've gotten it done. I've seen you. I've seen. I I I I see you, girl. You're writing down your to do list. You know, yeah. part of that, I think, is from you seeing me do it because I've had to because it's like if I don't do this. Yeah, I'll I'm give you credit. That go. is definitely, you know, I, but you're doing it I'm now. not a very organized person. It's one of my kind of like weaknesses, I guess you would say. And I embrace that. I, don't, I really don't care. It's fine. I'm unorganized. Fine. Who cares? Yeah, but, but, you, but, I, it, but, but literally you have inspired thanks. me to make to-do lists and it does help calm my mind. You know, I don't like chaos in the house. I like a nice picked up home because... Mm -hmm. When that is organized, I feel like my mind is organized, but lists do the same thing. So I will give you credit for that. Thanks. Yeah, make lists if you're stressed. And you don't need to give me credit for that. And all I'm saying is, I guess I was like, you've seen me do that. And what I'm my, what I'm getting, getting to with that is that the things that you think are minutia or like little productivity hacks or little mindfulness things here and there, if you're like, oh, I meditate for 10 minutes a day, it's like, all of that builds up over time. It's like doing push-ups every day. Totally. I right? agree. That's what I say to my clients all the time with skincare and skin health. And it, you can relate it. There are a few analogies with a garden. You know, a beautiful garden is meticulously maintained like over time, like on a daily basis. You can also keep it alive just by watering whenever you feel like once a week. But same with going to the gym, like you said, muscles. Yeah. You're not going to have like big, beautiful muscles with two or three sessions like it takes like consistent daily effort everything in life right that's beautiful right. and and meaningful is built yeah. piece by piece right. i really believe that even in cooking if you think about it yeah. like risotto like layers a, a delicious meal is like it's like time mm -hmm. with multiple layers mm -hmm. it's so true right right and we put in work and sometimes it feels like we don't know what we're doing because we don't. Yeah. <laughs> but I've been seeing you writing can. down the to-do list during this time of chaos. Mm -hmm. And maybe do you feel like feels like you have no other option, but you're still deciding to do that. Yeah. So congratulations to you. Yeah. I'm very proud of Thanks, you. Dad. <laughs> oh man, that is. <laughs> That's for another a topic episode. For another few episodes. Maybe okay, so number three, let's get back to this list. series. Call a timeout. <laughs> so calling a timeout is huge. And we have gotten a lot better at calling a timeout. Yeah. We didn't always used to be good at calling a timeout. That's part of me like where I want to just dig in there and just get it. And I don't care if I, I say the meanest things sometimes and when I'm emotional and it's not cool. So like calling a timeout allows you to step back from that emotional reaction and like be the person, not the emotion, right? Yeah. Ugh, so it's so much easier said than done. Don't be a cunt about calling a timeout. Like saying you're going to leave <laughs> and never come back is not a timeout. Oh, like you say and do? I've done that before, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You have. Yeah. Don't be a cunt about calling game. a timeout. So there's a polite way to call a timeout. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think that is? It's not doing this. No, it's it's saying, hey, I need a few minutes. Yeah. And both of you deciding, okay. Yeah, because you, you do. We're getting better at that uh, over time, though. It's we very have. triggering when, when we're fighting and you're like, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I am I am done with this conversation. We are not having this conversation. It is done. And I'm like, I say we're not going to have this conversation. I said, I'm no longer going to participate in this conversation. Why do you get right to say now? so? So I really <laughs> like what you just said. And maybe we'll actually put it into practice, which is where I would like to have a few minutes. Yeah. And then we will get back to this yeah. conversation. You know, I know. Okay. So maybe you can tell me if you feel this way too. Because I, 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 I'm guessing that you maybe do because we're so similar and our parents and our upbringing is so similar. But to me, when I think about us arguing and being so methodical about it, mm-hmm. makes me think, who do you think, this is my inner voice, who do you think you are, John? Do you think you're better than everyone else? Do you think you're some yeah. pretentious, oh, I know how to fight better than everyone? And honestly, I don't think I'm better than anybody else. I just want to be the best that you're I can be. You're arguing with your own voice right now. For, just so I you know. know. <laughs> I know. But I have that battle. I have that, and this goes back to the calm thing, where I think that being calm is a weapon, and yeah, it kind of is. It's the best weapon, and it's the only weapon you should use. Is that calm? It's not manipulative to be calm. Mm. If you're thinking I'm going to win this fight by being calm, one, you're right. If you're arguing with a stranger, you're going to win, and everyone around you is going to perceive you as the more rational person, even if what you're saying is completely insane, but you're calm and someone else is screaming at you about it, most people are going to perceive the calm person as being right. But in a relationship, it's not manipulative. It is selfish to think that you're winning and that's your ego. Now and I feel unhealthy. like next time you're calm when I'm freaking out, I'm going to be like, he's manipulating me. I really, I swear to you from the bottom of my heart and, and <laughs> in my most sincere form, I promise you when I'm being calm and you're upset, I'm just thinking... How can I make this better? How can I get <laughs> yeah, us I believe you. to I here? Yeah. 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 So do you, do you have that out. voice though? Do you have that voice that tells you that you're being pretentious or you think you're no. better than other people? No. No, not, not with that. With other things I do. Yeah. Like a lot. You know, I don't really want to get into that right now, but not with the being, because I'm really the one that's like staying calm. <laughs> So it's like, it's, I haven't even, even given I, the opportunity to myself to feel pretentious about being home. Even though but I, we'll see. Maybe I will next time. Even though I agree with you, it's very surprising to hear you say that. I love you. <laughs> I love you so much. All right, let's go to number four. Okay, so number four on this list of recommendations is uh, make requests instead of complaints. So ask, basically ask instead of accuse. I'm sick of us never doing butt stuff. Or you never do butt stuff. Say, hey, honey, you know, I am feeling like I've had a really long day and I ate nothing but kale and nuts for lunch and I would really like to do butt stuff. Instead of saying the never, right? I'm so confused as to who's getting the butt stuff done to them (laughs) in this scenario. <laughs> so is the audience, and we're gonna leave it that way. So, but making a request instead of a complaint is huge, right? 
Like if I come home from work and I'm like, you never vacuum the floor like you say you're going to. That just makes you feel defensive, like even more so than your natural self, right? Yeah, and then you're like, fuck that. I'm not vacuuming the floor. Vacuum the floor yourself. And then it's like, I'm actually, it's like counterproductive. Like I'm not getting and what I, I want. I the vacuum cleaner underneath your pillow. I'm sorry. What the hell? I'm never going to do that again. No, you didn't. <laughs> Why is everyone sneezing so much? You don't want to know what <laughs> I do when you're sleeping. That's, this is, <laughs> this is kidding. too much. Nothing. I'm sleeping when you're sleeping, guaranteed. Unless you're snoring and then I'm awake. Um, so yeah, ask instead of accuse. It's hard to do sometimes when you're frustrated. Do you think I do a good job of that? I feel like that's not a strong suit of mine. I feel like I do tend to kind of accuse before asking. Sometimes yeah. I ask and you still get upset, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I'm thinking of is the coming home and pointing out things. Mm -hmm. That's more uh, just like pointing out things that I didn't do, which isn't like a request. <laughs> it's, kind or an like ask a, it's kind of like an accusation. Yeah. Like that towel's there. Yeah. You didn't pick that towel up, right? Yeah. The never when is you, the I worst guess thing. In that situation. Saying never. And I know, never do that. I know you're, horrible. yeah, right. You are right. I, it, I'm very aware of your interpretation and you coming home and you knowing that you're the one who's paying everything. And I know what that's like for you. Um, I, I, I get that. And I think that's why we've gotten, we have gotten better at a lot of things and we've gotten better at this, but that's why the last few weeks I've been like, Hey, will you just like assume good intention mm -hmm. because I'm not looking at the towels thinking, fuck her, fuck these towels. Sometimes I am pacing back and forth across the house, checking social media too much, comparing myself to other people that are making it. Mm -hmm. And I fucking borderline panic attack. I have not been doing that as much. That's and good for our relationship. Like I really appreciate you not doing that. Seriously. In like, the last very, few weeks like, I haven't. Counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. But in the last few weeks I haven't because of the whole like digital, digital minimalism thing. Mm -hmm. um, but assuming good intent there, if you assume that I'm a good person, I have shown over time that I am not intentionally doing things to fuck with you. Because if you're listening to this, you may have a partner that is doing things to either intentionally fuck with you or they're just very selfish. But you and I, I think we're fortunate because you and I both have, I think, very good intentions for one another. Mm -hmm. So if you assume, okay, did, were you busy today? What's going on? Or whatever. And give me a chance to be like, yeah, I was very busy. Yeah. And then you could be like, will you please get the towels done? Because yeah, even so though you were working you today, I make all the money. So it'd be great if you did the towels too, because you're <laughs> that, a maid as well. Oh, <laughs> what the article is saying is, is um, you know, I've had to say something like, you know, I've, I'm really feeling kind of stressed right now and I've had a long day. And would you mind picking up a little bit? Yeah. Which I don't know in the article, like who that person that was writing the article imagined was saying that. But I'm like, I was like trying to imagine who's saying that, which person in the relationship. But like it doesn't matter yeah. it could be it could be either of us it could be any person in any relationship right yeah i think that so you, making a request i think that you can especially with good writing just put yourself into the perspective of the narrator yeah i, I think that 
there are a lot of things that where the, the where the gender doesn't matter. Like you can maybe guess a gender based. Yeah, upon- I wasn't even really thinking gender. I was like thinking more like, is this a person that has been home, or is this a person who has oh, also been working saying. all okay. day? Because that person might be stressed too if they're working all day. And like, I started like getting mad reading the article. I'm like, yeah, nothing about gender, but just like. Is it that one person's a stay-at-home, take care of the house person, or are they both, like, workers, you know? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's like if someone deems, like, if I think in a successful partnership, you know, you kind of figure out roles. They don't have to be gender-related or anything related to what anyone else in the world thinks. You just figure out what works for you. Yeah. And then that way it works more like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Like, I know you do laundry, right? I'm not allowed to touch laundry except for folding it. (sighs) The worst part. Um, only hers. She only has to fold hers. (laughs) So, um, so I like just know that that's the case. And then we just, that's how we function. Right. Right. And that changes, you know, that changes all often too, or it can change often. Mm -hmm. It's definitely going to change sometimes. Yeah. Like if I started working more, I'd probably have to ask to help with delegation in other areas. And like two Tuesdays from now I'm working. So there's different tasks that come up, but Definitely assigning long-term and delegating long-term roles to the other person is huge in a relationship. Yeah. yeah. It it's like goes back to that whole like a Greg McEwen essentialism kind of thing. And it's like the, the cognitive over, overload. <laughs> Think about like going to the grocery store and you're trying to shop for the whole week and you, you're cooking every meal and you don't have anything written down. That's like a nightmare, right? If you don't have a list. But if you have a list and you go into it, you can be talking on the phone. It's like cilantro, onion, grabbing. Same thing when you're going throughout your week. Like yeah. if, Relieving cognitive pressure or whatever, right? Yeah. Cognitive space. Like alleviating. Yeah. yeah. And making room for cognitive yeah. space and ability. And especially like for me now, like working from home, if I delegate tasks to myself, I'm able to have that space to get things done. And I can kind of just look in, like look at how my day is going to go and – I can say I'm going to do the dishes and laundry and everything from this time to that time. And mm. I don't have so much of the back and forth pacing around manic yeah, episodes. Yeah, I think that you – and I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but you're like like a little bit of your nature is kind of ADD. And yeah. so I think for someone like that, which I kind of am too, like compartmentalizing and lists and, and all of that is like really important. Yeah. I don't – It seems like it's really helped you. Thanks. Honestly. I don't know how – if you weren't ADHD – ADD or ADHD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. I don't know how you would look at every task that needs to get done. Like, I'm just thinking from my paradigm, when I'm in the house, I can look and see laundry needs to get done. And I can go do the laundry and I can look back and see that maybe that needs to get dusted. But you do them all at like one time, like I do. What do you mean? You do like one piece of laundry and then you go over and like dust and then you go back and do another piece of laundry and then you I have, like see yeah. a few dishes. Yeah. And then but on good weeks, um, <laughs> like Tuesday and Thursday are days I vacuum and Monday and Wednesday are days that yeah. I hit the sinks. Yeah, like when you're organized. Yeah. 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 So when that way I can look and be like that spot's there, but I don't have to worry about it. I don't know how someone that isn't ADD does that. Maybe I'm just working on abolishing the ADD in me and I'm getting to a normal state. Well, whatever normal is, but yeah, I think a person that isn't necessarily attention deficit isn't struggling with seeing when and how tasks have to get done, right? Because they're not distracted by everything that's going on. So you're just, you're exactly, you're just like organizing and kind of focusing. Yeah. And I think it's working for you. Yeah. Thanks. So that's cool. So. 
<laughs> Do you have any more on the list? Oh yeah, there's a oh, number boy. five is listen and ask your partner for clarification. So listen is huge, really. It's like the most important things couples can do is listen without interrupting. <laughs> That's why I keep putting the microphone down. <laughs> yeah, we both interrupt the, you know what, out of each other. But we can work on that, right? Yeah. We do a very good job of not interrupting one another when we are able to have long-form conversations. You don't interrupt me during, like, date-night conversations. I thought you were going to say when we're on camera. On camera? I do a really good job of not interrupting you when we're being filmed. <laughs> but that, if that is true, maybe you can let us know if that's true or not. Do you think Alexis interrupts me? Um, <laughs> or no, I don't me think her. I do on camera. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. So we, we've proven that we can do that. <laughs> yeah. And during date-night and stuff um, – but if I'm stopping you when you're in the middle of doing something, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Saying, Hey, we need to, can we have a 20 minute conversation or whatever? Can we have yeah. a, you know, talk? I think that might alleviate some of that. Yeah. But listening and learning listening skills, you know, is a huge part of communication, which is a huge part of a successful relationship, right? If you can communicate well. And so they give tips, you know, making eye contact, which you're doing right now. Good job. And also positioning your, your body towards your partner, yeah. like just simple body language. So eye contact and then positioning your body towards your partner. So if I'm sitting over here and I'm just like this, when you're like talking to me about something serious, that's like really not good, right? <laughs> <laughs> so facing one another and then eye contact. That's just a simple sort of thing you can practice doing. Yeah. Listening and then mirroring. So like, you know, do you mind mirroring back what I just said? If I'm talking about something that's kind of confusing and emotional and you're like, oh, what is she saying? She's about to start her period. I do not know. And I'm saying, I'm like, can you just mirror back to me? And then you'll try. And then that way we both have like, there's clarification, there's like communication and we both feel understood and safe and secure. Right. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Number six, last one <laughs> is learn the right way to apologize to your partner. Yeah. Yeah. So this made me go back to our previous episode. Um, what was the name of our? I'm I sorry. am sorry. I am sorry. That is a great episode. So if anyone is listening to this and they want to hear all about how to apologize, we talk and go in great depth about it in that episode. You said that's a good good episode. Yeah. I heard you say that when you, you were listening to it. Yeah. Is it I'm sorry or I am sorry? I am sorry. Okay. I wish I would have used a contraction. Well, you didn't. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. The title wasn't even created for a paper. <laughs> um, but basically, there is a recipe for apologizing properly. And just really quickly, even though if you want to go back and listen to that episode, you can, of course. But really quickly, you should acknowledge what you did if you, if you mess up. You should state the impact of the action. You should express, you know, that you understand the boundary that was crossed or the rule that was broken, like state that I know I broke this rule. Okay. And then sincere expression of remorse can be taken at that point. Like I am really sorry for doing this. And then a pledge, you know, to pledge a promise to be better in the future. Could you give an example of how to do this? What do you mean? Like give me an apology for something. I don't know. Uh, uh, 
Uh, how about you apologize for snoring? Because I've actually been waiting on this apology. Oh, <laughs> What's the list of stuff? <laughs> I understand. This is an acknowledgement. I understand that I've been snoring like a bear, like an old man with sleep apnea. <laughs> I understand this is a state impact of the action. I understand that this prevents you from getting consistent, healthy sleep, then expressing the values, understanding the boundary that was crossed. I know that I've stated to you several times that I will not drink so much beer that I start snoring. Sometimes I don't drink so much beer that I'm going to snore, but then I eat enough pasta that I do not think <laughs> that I chew it properly, and that causes my trachea. I think it's the dairy intake. It's the, <laughs> the dairy causes inflammation. That, that, yeah, that causes all the mucus, and then it's... And in a sincere expression of remorse, I am truly sorry for my snoring. <laughs> and then pledge a promise for future behavior. <laughs> I promise in the future. To get a CPAP? I will get a CPAP. Or I will tape my mouth shut. Or you get one of those nose strips. Yes. Or that whenever the you... The surgery. Whenever you open palm, punch me in my back, I will turn over as quickly as possible. Because awesome. I understand you. See, there you go. Value. There's a little mini recipe for a proper apology by John Kuhn. I'm bored with this. I'm going to check social media really quickly. I'm just wow. joking. We have, a, we have a couple questions. We had a lot of questions about you making more money than me. We had very few questions about fighting properly. And one... I forgot to ask anyone if they had questions about how to fight properly. Your grandmother sent something very sweet. I'll, I'm going to read that. Good. We should do that. Um, but one can speculate. One will speculate because that's what we do. We shouldn't do it, but we do. Also, I feel like that's part of my job is to speculate. Thank you. It says the people I make stuff for, like, is it going to work better this way or that way? Should we put the titles in here and that, right? So I'm speculating that maybe people don't like to talk about fighting or people are sick of me asking questions in this group. I only do it once a month. But we have one question. Um, we, have a, we have a couple, actually. But one from um, Facebook from a dad's group I'm in. A guy named Ryan Michael. Two first names. Oh, man. Sorry, Ryan. Poor, I don't say that's a Ryan Michael. <laughs> you don't know him. It could be a first and middle name, too. Ryan, yeah, I love you. I have Alexis Joe on my profile. Nice. <laughs> Does it count if it's for two different, like two different gender names? Alexis can be a guy's name, right? Oh shit! Yeah, in Russian it can. Oh, and in Spanish, I think too. And in this house, I guess. If we have a son with the name of Alexis. Hey, what do you mean in this house? I don't know what I'm I have, saying. Just so everyone knows, I have a vagina. Yes. I just want. I, I don't. It doesn't matter, but. It's, that's, that's what it is. Anyway, Ryan Michael <laughs> said, how do you handle things when it basically is an issue of one person wanting to do something and the other says, absolutely not? Mm. Like the person saying no is afraid of heights and the other one, one wants, wants to go skydiving. Oh or the one has a lifelong dream to quit current job and change careers and the other is saying, please don't do this to our family. It was pretty heavy. Yeah. And then the next. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, I mean, that dude, I think I am a huge fan of therapy. Yes. And something like a serious decision, like quitting a job and it negatively impacting the family's financial stability. Like that's a huge decision. And you might have to bring in like a third party help for that to work through that. Yeah. And 
we have not been great at this. Uh, we've definitely made emotional decisions. Me quitting the restaurant was definitely an emotional decision, even though it turned out to be one of the best things that's happened for me and us. Um, but I hang, got- hang on a second, buddy. I'm trying to. What what is we're gonna say? We're not we're not the best at this. We're not the best at like long term planning. We have gotten better at it, like the talking about the five years. And then we have some long form plans now. Um, and that's helped us. I think, I think with me having the freelancing and the, the content creation and all that, if there were a cap on it, we have like a, a tentative cap. We have like, we want to be here in a couple of years and we'll, we'll see where we're at when we get there. So we have like a shared long-term goal, but maybe having a cap on, what whatever that is like if you want to quit your job you're like okay i want i'm going to save this much money so we're good for six months and if in three months i haven't hit this mark so yeah what you're suggesting to him in that specific scenario is to basically set rules around it well if you really want this then kind of like a compromise like then we need this and this and this, and I need this and this and that to feel safe about you making this decision. I mean, because ultimately you are in a relationship and you do, you kind of have to agree on some level. Otherwise there's going to be a lot of resentment built up. Yeah. I'm, like, and resentment is a, is a relationship killer, right? Yeah. And Ryan, I'm going to, um, if I don't, if you if you listen to this, Ryan, and I do not send you a link to this person, ask me about, Cody Warner. Cody was a guy that was in the film industry and worked uh, at a production studio that he and his friends started. They did like wedding films and corporate films. And Cody decided he wanted to be a full-time YouTuber and did a daily vlog for 2018. And I watched all 360, 365 of this guy's videos. Maybe not some of the first ones because I, I didn't discover him yet. But he has a family and two kids. And I remember him frequently talking about how he had to ask Amber and talk to her several times to get her to agree to him deciding to make a YouTube video every day for a year. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically, if you do something without me <laughs> agreeing to it, like I will never let you forget it ever. So I don't think you really just make decisions or choices without kind of consulting me. And I don't either. There's been times where I've, we've talked about it a lot and then it's gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, now's the time. And you're like, you sure? And I'm like, I already quit actually. <laughs> yeah. You kind of, I feel like are bolder about doing things that upset me, which is good for you. Like good for you. Cause really, if you want to live your life, like you can't really let someone stop you from living it. Right. Yeah. I'm a touch more codependent and like, Ooh, I don't want to make him upset. Like if I really want to do something, but I think that ultimately talking it through without emotions and coming to some sort of a compromise is probably the best way to go in any situation. Yeah. Now I mean, if, if you love about- your partner, you're going to want them to be happy. Right. And I guess maybe he's just talking about skydiving and then the, the big massive ask at the end of the question is like an obscure thing. <laughs> uh, right. We don't know specifically if that's even his situation. He could just be making that up, but yeah. You know, but if you, man, I, I think this is like very, very relevant to us too, but understanding what your partner's fear is when you want to do something differently mm. than what they think you're going to do. Understanding their triggers. 
yeah. and their fears. That's yeah. good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in regards totally. to totally, because then you can break it down. Like yeah. you can you can address those and maybe possibly even eliminate them from like the partner's head, yeah. and then you can look at that decision in a completely different way. That is great. Thanks. Yeah, I love that. Thanks. And in regards to quitting a job to pursue a dream, th that is multifaceted. And depending on the dream, if you have a dream that is something that's attainable, like you want to go and you want to be a filmmaker, you want to be a YouTuber, you want to be an actor, as long as it's something that is within, within the realm of possibility, you have to have the conversation with yourself. Can I even do this right now? If there's no cash coming in the door from whatever your dream is, you're going to have to figure out a way to even have some kind of proof of concept to your partner. Hey, I've made $10,000 in the last year doing this. This is my plan going forward. I'm going to do this for the next two years. So let's, you know, whatever that is. You have, you have to have some sense of awareness. A lot of people have really big ideas and big goals and that's all they are. They haven't put them into practice yet. And that's fine. That's how you start. And in regards to me quitting things and kind of being more bold, you are much more of a perfectionist than I am. I, I'm a perfectionist as well. But you're much more like, I, this needs to be perfect before I do it. And I'm like, okay, I've got a little bit of momentum. Let's dive in, you know? Yeah. So great question. Two names, man. Uh, Ryan Michael. Thank you, Ryan. Seriously, dude, if you're listening right now, Thank you so much. Stay in touch. Uh, follow us on Instagram and subscribe to the YouTube channel and reach out, please. Like that's what we're here for yeah, is to totally. help people with I love hearing. I, yeah, I love talking about this and like, it feels more like a community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a tribe. Mm -hmm. um, your sister, Abby, the witch said, is there any common themes in your arguments, topics of issue, tactics, etc.?" Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we covered that already too. That like, it's very common to have the same argument over and over again. Mm -hmm. Noticing that pattern, and more importantly, in my opinion, is noticing the pattern, but then the real important part is how do you make one aware of the pattern? Because if you're noticing a pattern in your partner, you need to let them know, but don't get all big-headed about it and think that you don't have patterns. <laughs> yeah, true, yes, right. for sure. What I mean, I, I think one of our patterns has been consistently throughout our relationship, just like trust. Yeah. And, you know, for me yeah. with you, like other women, yeah. and like feeling triggered by that. And, yeah. but I feel like we've really worked through so much that's of that. That's more like a recurrence than a pattern, right? A recurring situation. And it, that's kind of how I read her question, but. I was thinking more a like theme. a Tuesday thing. Well, or that, yeah. yeah. She said multiple. She okay. like kind of used multiple adjectives, I feel like, and nouns. Yeah, is there any common themes in your arguments topic? Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I for a long time, it was me feeling triggered or whatever. Yeah, yeah you're right. Topic and, of issues. Women, but, yeah. but we've really worked through that. Yeah. Not completely, but like right. a lot of that has had to do with, for me, um, and learning to trust that, you know, trust issues are multifaceted and a lot of them stem from just not trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. So one way to really step up and start tackling that is self-care, in my opinion. Yeah. Meditation. So meditation falls into that self-care category for me. Yeah, why meditation um, taking, for you? Well, 
so I'm not quite done and I'll I'm address sorry. that in just a second. It's okay. So taking care of yourself allows you to like feel love. And like when when you have self love, like that's the most important thing really. Mm-hmm. So then you begin to trust yourself and the decisions that you're making because your decisions that you're making are taking care of yourself. Does that make sense? It's yeah. like this secular kind of like feeding itself sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, meditation um, allow has allowed me to really begin the journey of not reacting to my emotions and allowing myself to be the person behind the emotion, not being the emotion, which is how I've lived for a long time. Yeah, me too. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, the analogy from Headspace where the person is sitting on the side of the road observing the cars, the cars are emotions, they're going past. That's how you like observe your emotions. Mm-hmm. It's pretty huge to me. Yeah. I use a similar similar analogy with fish going by and like picking like the right fish and the fish being emotions. Yeah. But it's crazy. Um, a thing I talked to you about last night was like from a Tim Ferriss podcast too, is like the difference between the head and the mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the the brain and the mind, mm-hmm. right? Your brain is real smart, but your mind is like always like wandering around, <laughs> reacting. Yeah. So tactics. Tactics are always going to be there. You should be improving your tactics, using meditation and observing your emotions go past, and then implementing that in an argument or a near argument is a tactic. Sure. Right? So yeah. like you and I have I tactics mean, that we're developing I right think now. It's different. Yeah, and maybe that's universal. I don't know. For me, it's like working on codependency too. Yeah. But you have tactics for that, right? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, therapy. Yeah. And for us arguing, timeouts. Yeah. 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 Strategy. Yeah. Yeah. That's using that brain that's the logical part of it, right? Right. It gets you through the times when it's more cloudy and more gray, which is like the emotional brain, right? You 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 have that foundation to kind of fall back on, that structure to fall back on. When you, you know, yeah. when you're kind of not thinking clearly, I guess. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. putting a system in place. Tactics don't have to be bad. Yeah. Manipulation doesn't have to be bad. If you're manipulating a situation to the betterment of both of you. Well, that's your opinion, though, from your perspective. That might not be, yeah. you know, everyone manipulates it's human nature, but it doesn't, it's not good or bad, really. It just yeah. is, in my opinion. Yeah. But like, if you think it's better for our relationship, I mean, that's your perspective. To, <laughs> we both kind of have to agree on yeah, that. To clarify um, what I mean by saying manipulation can be good is uh, I can tell you right now that if you're upset, I'm going to try to manipulate us into being calm and cohesive by just listening to you and being curious about why you're upset. And that's respectful. Yeah, respectful I manipulation. Don't, if you see it as manipulation, I mean, that's... I guess, okay, that that feels alarming to me because I want to believe that you just want to listen to me because for the betterment and the greater good of our relationship and because you love me, yeah. not because you've got some like agenda that's self-serving. I to have me, an agenda for us to be healthy. Yeah, so I guess we have to define manipulation Yeah. because to me, manipulation is like self-serving. Yeah. So of course... Like, it's self-serving to have a healthy relationship. Like, it's good for yourself. But, you know, together, 
when you bring two people together into a relationship, that relationship kind of becomes its own thing, right? Yeah. And so. I think I'm always going to be emotional. I think that there isn't a world that exists where if you're upset or if you're acting angry, angry that I'm going to sit here and be like, I am in it for the greater good. There, I think there's always going to be a part of me that's like takes it personal or is upset, and I'm going to have to know. always say, hang on, John, she's upset. You don't have to be upset. Let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's a manipu- manipulative part in a good way. And I, I've been doubling down on this Let's because, hey Siri. hey Siri, I'm just going to look it up. Define manipulation. God, you're such a cunt. The <laughs> action of manipulating something in a skillful manner. Do you want to hear the remaining The word? action of manipulating something in a skillful, skillful manner. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's like, I, I've been doubling down on that because of the, um, the tactics quote or the tactic, tactics mentioned from your sister. Because I read that initially and I felt um, like it was a negative connotation. And not because of your sister implying negativity, but because I was like, ooh, tactics. Tactics Mm. are So the first part of manipulate, which is the verb, which is the one I looked up, the definition. Um, The first part is talking about like a tool or a mechanism. So Mm. like manipulating a tool or to treat part of the body or feeling by moving it with the hand, like the actual like mechanical manipulation of something. The second is to control or influence parentheses, a person or situation in parentheses, cleverly, unfairly, or unscrupulously. Well, that's not what I'm (laughs) See, so it has a negative connotation when you're talking about it in psychology, at least according to Webster's dictionary. Yeah. But alter or present statistics so as to mislead it just so i know i think i know what you're saying i don't think you have a negative intent but i think it's good that we semantics play a role yeah in that and understanding yeah. what manipulate means yeah right? and i i am not great with grammar i don't have a very expansive vocabulary but i'm a fan of being creative with the way i approach language yeah. So to me, I, no, I know. You're great at that. Thank yeah. you. I, I think, thank you so much. Seriously, that means a lot to me to hear you say that. So there's the part of me that knows that saying manipulate is going to be perceived as negative without even knowing. That's the contrarian instigator in you. Yeah. But well, I also think. That's very hard sometimes because I'm like, if you want <laughs> to stir me up, it's like. No, I didn't want to. You honestly, I didn't even think I was going to. Good? St- like, is a. I didn't even think I was going to stir you up. I thought that we. I could just have a playful moment explaining that. I had no, I honestly yeah. had no idea that I was going to get you worked no, up. No, I'm not actually worked up, but I just think it's good to be clear on like what words mean yeah. because to me it, it has a negative connotation. And I think that the dictionary agrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so don't yeah. manipulate me. <laughs> I won't. I promise. Okay, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> I, I want to read so what much. your grandmother says. It's the hat. To end the episode because... It was so sweet. So John's grandmother wrote us and she in bold titled it, how to try to calm or stop silly little arguments in a marriage, comma, family. Hi, John and Alexis, a comment to your talk of the evening. After 56 years of marriage, we both know we love each other, but strange, so many times a lash out, we lash out with a vicious tongue and it can hurt your partner. When two, four, or more try to live in a household together, 
you will find that everyone has been raised, lived in different ways. At this point of life, I just walk away out of the room from those silly moments. Then as always, we come back and we eat and we enjoy those things together. But I have also learned it is valuable to do what each other want and to be alone. So that is good advice, you know, to not let the serious times get so serious. Maybe walk away. She's like re recommending exactly what the article said to take a break and then you can come back and enjoy one another. Yeah. So she says a lot, uh, you know, several other sweet, sweet things, but I just wanted to share that. Aww. So thank you, Carolyn. What's interesting. We love you guys. We do love them. What's interesting to me about the difference in generations is she said something in there that I think packs like a lot more than just the few words, but it's that, um, people, even after 56 years, people still have baggage from how they grew up. Mm -hmm. It's like my grandfather and my grandmother have actually spent m more of their life living together than they did before they were together at this point. Yeah. You don't have to do what you and I are doing mm -hmm. and unpacking all of the stuff that you brought in from before the relationship. Mm. But I think more people are tuned into that and turned on to it now than before and even if more people aren't there are more ways to explore that now with the internet and that's what we're doing here is yeah. we're trying to unpack and unchain and just like reflect and reflect be um, honest and transparent yeah, and vulnerable. And vulnerable it's good it's a good way to learn and i hope it encourages really what i want for this podcast and i think it's really beneficial for us as a couple you know, just doing this in and of itself. But I really like hope that it helps someone or touches someone in a way that, that I don't know, like makes you feel like you're not alone or something. And that we all kind of have these struggles yeah. and yeah, being vulnerable is a, is, is the way. Yes. Sometimes Vulnerability really, is a strength. Sometimes it's really hard. Like that last episode we did felt very vulnerable to me. And it was like such a struggle. I felt so raw and exposed for like a week after that. That whole weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And I went out with my friends and I had like social anxiety. It was like the first time I'd been in public. I've been vaccinated and I, I, I try to keep my distance, you know, but I was in a public place and, and I got like a lot of social anxiety. And then we did that podcast that weekend. I just felt so vulnerable that whole next week. But it, it gives you strength. Like yeah. it feels so weak and like Ooh, at the time, but then after that you like come through and you're like, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So cheers to vulnerability. Cheers. And to everyone um, that's listening and who's we're watching. Listening. Yeah. We're watching. Thank you so much. And you know, we'll be back next month. Yeah. If you're on our YouTube channel and you're here and you haven't subscribed, what the, what the fuck is going on? Like you are at the end of an hour-long conversation with us. This is so your stick. Yeah, I don't ever think to say like and subscribe. Yeah, Smash it's the one thing. Like it's button. the the only thing we want from you is for you to subscribe to our thing and to like double tap or to like. It's free for you. That is an indication to us that we're doing something well, and that gives us a chance to maybe be put in front of someone else that may need to hear this. And on the flip, if you don't like it, then we know we might not be doing something well. Yeah, don't hit the thumbs down <laughs> button. Again, if you're well, listening to this, if you wanted the one up, random guy. Do we really care? Mr. Fuckface. I care. Why? I'm just joking. Okay, we're going to, meanwhile, <laughs> we're going to get Don in some therapy. 
But seriously, thanks for listening. You're welcome. We'll see you guys next month. Yeah. Yeah. Be yeah. well. Be well. Music. Okay. I think that's it.